Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am, but first, let me tell you about the meat-tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard, if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on YouTube. So check it out and get some carnivore swag. Welcome to episode 30 of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today I'm joined by Cherish Thompson. She helps women over 35 start and stick with carnivore for the long haul. And you can find Cherish on Instagram at Cherishing Your Health. How perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It it matches, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's, It's a pleasure to talk with you. I've been looking forward to this. All right. Um, Well, will you start off with sharing what brought you to carnivore and when was that? Okay. Um, So I've been carnivore now for a year and a half. I was keto before that. A lot of people find their way to carnivore via keto and I am no exception to that rule. And uh, well, let's see how much time you got. (laughs) It's, it's kind of a take as much story. time. Yes. Take as much time as you need. Okay. All right. So it's a little bit of a long story, but I, I'll try to be succinct. Um, so uh, I found keto through the documentary fat, a documentary by Vinnie Tortorich. Right. And at the time my husband was injured and I was telling him about this anti-inflammatory diet and he was experiencing a lot of pain due to inflammation and he said, if you, if you, if I try it, will you do it with me? And I said, well, yeah, of course. I've been dying for this guy to like do something because my husband's also type two diabetic and has been for a couple decades. So as long as I've known him. And uh, so I was thrilled. Well, we did. And I mean, immediately the guy started seeing, you know, his blood sugars come down and, and all kinds of things just miraculously started happening. And he started having this great healing journey. And so I couldn't stop talking about it to everybody that would in earshot. And uh, so then I decided to start studying to become a coach. And in the interim, you know, I had had an injury myself. I broke my ankle and um, was able to, you know, shed some pounds just sitting there in a cast just by eating a low carb diet. It was really phenomenal, right? So I couldn't shut up. And so I'm studying to become a coach. And um, my husband's now down to one medication on his diet, on his diabetic medications. And 
you know, I was looking always for more information. You know, once you get excited about this lifestyle, you kind of delve into it. A lot of people will watch a ton of the YouTube videos. And I found all the major, you know, doctors that support this way of eating and uh, just absorbed as much as I could. And so then I stumbled upon um, the steak and butter uh, gang challenge and decided to give it a try and realized that my family really doesn't like vegetables anyway. So why am I killing myself making all these vegetables that I have to literally count out so that I don't go over my carb macro? You know, why am I doing that when we could just eat meat, cheese and and butter and be happy? And so that's kind of how it started. And I joined the uh, 30 day steak and butter gang challenge and I haven't left since. So that was uh, July, 2021. So that's when I became carnivore and I've systematically reduced everything that was non-carnivore with the exception of occasional cocktail on very special occasions. Like I just celebrated a birthday. So I had a cocktail on my birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, But uh, other than that, you know, other than occasion, I mean, I got rid of everything, including coffee. So. Awesome. Just out of curiosity, what is your go-to cocktail if you're going to have one on carnivore? I have two. (laughs) So, um, if I, if it's what I really want, uh, I will do like a hard seltzer, but I'll dilute it with regular sparkling water. Okay. So like a white claw or something like that. And then I dilute it with water, um, sparkling water. Um, or I really sometimes like a nice red wine. And then if I'm really being good though, If I'm being good, you know, like I'm not being a super naughty carnivore, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll get, um, you know, like a a shot, shot and a half of vodka, and then I'll take sparkling water and I'll slowly pour that into the sparkling water. Um, That's probably, but that's not my favorite. My favorite is the other two. Okay. Do you feel like alcohol hits you harder on carnivore or when you were doing keto? Oh, absolutely. I'll never forget. Okay. So my friend and I used to play this um, drinking game. Did you ever play a drinking game where somebody says a word and then you have to drink? No, but I've seen people play. Okay. (laughs) So a friend of mine and I, we used to play this game with um, like 90 day fiance. We would watch the show together. We'd pick some words out of it. And then if the character said that word, then we would drink. Okay. And I never forget the first time I played it after going keto, because again, you know, White Claw only has like two, three carbs to it. Right. So you can have, you literally could have like five of those and not go over your carb macro. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I found out real quick on keto that that is absolutely not a good idea. It is not possible. And it's not good to drink quickly when you have no carbs in your body or very low carbs in your body, it does hit you like a ton of bricks. So good lesson to learn, (laughs) but I rarely drink like once a year now, it's really not anything that I crave anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
the only time I will drink is when I go to the beach. So that's once, once a year and I go to the beach, I'll have a, a drink and it's uh, seltzer water with gin and maybe, maybe some lime juice if I'm feeling fancy, but, um, but coming to carnivore, I've noticed that my desire to drink is way decreased. Like it's not something I think about or something I'm like, Oh, I wish I could, I wasn't carnivore. So I could drink all the time. It's just, mm-hmm. it's something I do on vacation just cause, just cause I'm on vacation. I guess. Just cause you want to relax just because you want to do it. Right. It's not, a yeah. need, it's not a necessity. I used to, um, before I went keto, I used to drink every, at least every weekend, you know, okay. and sometimes more than that, um, just for stress relief, simple stress mm-hmm. relief. And I found that because carnivore specifically helps reduce, you know, anxiety and stress that I just don't desire it or need it anymore. And I can go to social events and not necessarily have to have it. Like it's, it's an Mm -hmm. intentional decision for me and not everybody's like that. Um, but that's where I'm at in my journey. Yeah. Um, Okay. So how about when you went keto or carnivore, did you have any adaptation, any, any issues adapting like keto flu or issues, digesting more fat, more protein? Yes, initially. And I did not know about the adaptations. Like I said, I watched the documentary. The documentary doesn't talk specifically about adaptation issues, um, or any kind of adjustment issues that you might have. I learned that after we went a hundred percent full in, like all like straight into keto, like we did not like pedal to the metal (laughs) kind of keto. And, um, so yeah, initially I had some, you know, dizziness and lightheadedness and just kind of feeling bleh. Uh, but you know, that quickly resolved itself, um, because of just getting all that, you know, that sodium, excess sodium, excess processed foods out of your body. Uh, once that was over, it was fine. Uh, when I, when I transitioned to carnivore, I didn't really have a whole lot of adaptation issues until, um, you know, I started kind of like increasing my fats or if I, you know, uh, did a lot of fasting and then did a huge reef, you know, refueling, uh, then sometimes I would have, you know, the typical loose stools, but that's mm-hmm. something that just kind of goes along with it. Sometimes when you heat, heat high fat until you're used to it. Uh, so yeah, but the, I would think the keto flu was probably, uh, the rougher of the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a carnivore coach, is that something that you really emphasize, like the the adaptation phase for people just starting out, like what to expect? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that you have to kind of help people through because mm-hmm. they're you know they're concerned. We always talk about the things that nobody else wants to talk about. We talk about you know uh, bowel movements. We talk about mm-hmm. urine color. We talk about um, all the bodily functions, you know, for women, monthly cycle or lack thereof, um, you know, so it's just one of those things. It's like, okay, well, you might do this, or you might feel that. I mean, a lot of people on carnivore, especially if they only eat like one meal a day, um, sometimes don't 
don't go as often. And that's a concern for a lot of people. Like they, they get scared that they're not going every day. And it's like, no, no, you're fine. Your body's just using up what you put in it and, and that's fine. You know, so it's just one of those things. Yeah. You definitely want to warn people, especially if they're mm -hmm. coming straight from a standard American diet. Um, you know, some folks need to go all in right away especially if they have some kind of autoimmune condition or something for healing, they definitely need it right away. They want it right away. I get that. Uh, I do think that for a lot of people, it's better to, um, you know, kind of take it one step at a time, start by eliminating certain things, um, and then, you know, kind of move into all in carnivore. When I joined the challenge, I was still drinking tea I was still having sweeteners. Um, my initial goals when I first became carnivore was to get rid of nut butters and um, to get better sleep. Took me a while to get to the better sleep part, um, but I was able to kick the nut butter habit within the fir thir first 30 days, thanks to the support of my lovely group that I'm part of and um, the tricks that they taught me. And so, yeah, I, and, and from there it was just like, okay, well, I think I'm going to get rid of the tea. And then I think I'm going to just do coffee with butter instead of sweetener. And then it was like, okay, and now I'm going to get rid of these electrolyte drinks that have sweetener in them. Okay. And then now I'm going to get, and this was like over months. So, you know, the last thing for me to go was coffee. And that took me 10 months into my carnivore journey to finally let that go. Yeah, that's a hard one for a lot of people, the coffee. Um, so you mentioned that you wanted better sleep and that's something that eventually came to you through mm -hmm. carnivore? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was that after like adding in more fats or did you do anything differently or was it just a matter of? just, you know, going through the process? So we have a process in our group called priming, which is um, eating carnivore uh, till comfortably stuffed three, um, three meals a day and sometimes three meals plus snacks. Um, so if you're like me, um, which is like most folks that you've pretty much under eaten or overeaten your whole life, you never really like were in between. Um, you know, it's a matter of getting your body renourished because you have been undernourished for so long. And so by doing that, and it was a surprise, I wasn't expecting it. I thought that this is how women were supposed to be. Because once you start having babies, you're used to getting up in the middle of the night. Right. And so mm -hmm. this is just your life. Now you get up at two 30 in the morning to go to the bathroom because you're used to getting up at that hour to feed baby, right? So then, and then it turns into, oh, now I gotta go to the bathroom because I've had babies and my bladder's a little looser than what it was. I, I just thought this was a normal process of getting old. And uh, lo and behold, once I re-nourished myself, um, it went away. And I was like, okay, I can sleep for six solid hours now without waking up and a good deep restful sleep. Like, um, Wow. To be able to wake up uh, when, you know, I could hear my husband coming in from work or leaving for work and I would wake up and I would have a hard time going back to sleep. Uh, now it, that rarely happens. 
um, you know, it's like I'm I'm rest. It's not just a, a long longer sleep, but it's a deeper sleep as well. So more restful. So on average, about six hours a night, and that seems to be working for me just fine. Awesome, awesome. Um, and then a year and a half into carnivore now, what do you typically eat in a day? Okay, so I'm really boring. <laughs> like, so for example, today I had um, I had taken my steak, I split it into two meals um, and it was a New York strip. So I, I alternate my steaks between New York strips and um, ribeyes usually. Occasionally I'll have something fancy, you know, like um, a Delmonico or like um, a cowboy steak or cowgirl steak, you know, something that's cut a little different. I like T-bones too, but I, I, they, for some reason, um, depends on where they're from, you know, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that can be just a little bit too much for me. So I have to cut them, you know, the cut the two steaks apart anyway. Um, but that right now is typically it's beef. And yesterday, let's see, uh, I did some salmon. So occasionally I'll do some fish, um, some shrimp occasionally. Um, and uh, ever since I, I recovered from the virus that shall not be named because I had to probably eat so much of them during that time. I rarely touch eggs these days. I don't know what it is. I used to mm. crave them all the time and want to eat them every day. And now I just don't. I'll eat, I'll put an egg yolk in the fatty lattes that I make. Um, and I can shoot you that recipe if you'd like. Um, it's what I use in place of coffee. So, and it's awesome. quite good. Um, and uh, yeah, so other than the egg yolk in that, I haven't touched an egg in a while, but I used to love them. And I think tomorrow, either tonight after we're done here, I'm going to steam some crab legs for me and my daughter. Oh, yummy. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> I have not had crab legs in a while and I haven't really thought about them until you said crab legs. And I just got like this flash of like dipping it in butter. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that, that sounds really good. Yeah. Um, so you, you do two meals a day, typically, typically. Yeah. Okay. Do you, uh, do any intermittent fastings or do you have your first meal first thing in the morning? Are you waiting a while? It varies from day to day. Just depends on, um, on my day, on my schedule, on my hunger level, I kind okay. of let my body tell me what to do. So usually I wait until on a typical day, I'll wait until about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock before I have my first meal. And, um, you know, then I try to, you know, just get it in before bedtime, which is um, around nine. So usually I try to have my second meal somewhere between four and six, but it's not always the same. I, you know, I'm busy mom. I've mm -hmm. got very active children. So uh, sometimes I have to be very uh, able to pivot as far, you know, I have also done some extended fasting in, in the past. Uh, right now, I'm not currently doing that. I'm actually um, focusing on using the uh, animal fats to control my cortisol right now. 
That's mm-hmm. kind of where my my N equals one experiment is right now. That's what I'm playing with. So yeah, so I'm just eating at this point. Yes. Um, yeah. So I actually saw you uh, doing, it was like a talk about the higher fat carnivore for women and um, about how butter is so good for the cortisol and stress. Mm-hmm. And after this was like a month ago and before then I was always like, okay, carnivore, I'm going to prioritize protein, whatever fat comes along with it. I'm going to eat that and maybe have a little bit of butter. But after that, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try having at least a stick of butter a day Mm -hmm. and see how that goes. And I was really scared because in the past, like when I first started carnivore, that amount of fat would have destroyed me. I would have been you know, on the toilet all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time around, it's been totally different. Now I am using um, HCL because I because without it, I will get nauseous with that much butter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been able to decrease the amount of HCL over the last month. So I'm definitely digesting the fat a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I feel really great. Like after a really hard workout. Sometimes I can feel kind of like, you know, tense and like stressed out just from that amount of heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. And I'll pop a couple tablespoons of butter and I'm feeling like, I mean, so soothed. Like my mom just gave me a big hug or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's oil for the machine, right? So that's what yeah. butter, butter does. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's a great um, tool for when you're feeling anxious or when you need energy. Um, I love it. Yeah. So myself, I'm also you know trying to make sure that I get in a significant amount of butter a day, at least a stick um, mm-hmm. every day, or the equal to a stick of butter by either the butter itself or animal fats. It's mostly butter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Uh, do you do any, uh, any other dairy or any organs? So I will fluctuate like every couple months or so I'll go completely. I will like avoid cheese. I got rid of heavy whipping cream a long time ago. It's too addictive for me. And plus it makes my, um, joints hurt. Like I, like the pasteurized dairy just oh. does not, doesn't feel well for me. So I got rid of the heavy whipping cream last year and um, I will do cheese. So like right now, because it's my birthday month, I'm allowing myself to have cheese, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll see what happens in December. I haven't made up my mind if I'm going to skip December or not. Um, but yeah, so I will do cheese. I try to limit it though, because it's yeah. very addictive for me. <laughs> But mm-hmm. when in doubt and when you're out and about and you're with other people and there's no other option, I mean, it's a nice to have that just so that you can stay carnivore, be social. And, um, you know, if they're, if you're picking up on others cravings around you, um, it's a nice, it's nice to be able to use it to combat those. Right. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so carnivore and social settings, have you, has anybody like tried to make you feel bad about your crazy oh, yeah. diet? <laughs> Absolutely. I've had people tell me, oh, you're going to, I'll see you when you have a heart attack and all that stuff. You know, family members have mentioned that. And 
I just smile, giggle, and and go about my my business. And if they want to know more, um, you know, they can ask, and I'll, I'll answer. Um, but I'll, you know, I've had uh, uh, medical professionals tell me that intermittent fasting wasn't good for for me, or extended fasting wasn't good for me, or you know, just eating this way typically is not good for you. Um, you know. And so I just like, well, you know, to the contrary, you know, this is the most anti-inflammatory diet and what, what, what usually causes diseases, you know? And then when you put it to them like that, they kind of like, huh, okay. And then they kind of just, okay. And just walk away, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've gotten some pretty weird looks. So like, here's a, here's a good story. So my friend was having, um, Bunko, bunko party, which is a dice game for those that don't know. And um, she had just wall to wall garbage, like just the most awful foods, right? That I used to love going to her and drinks galore, like, mm-hmm. like all the all the cocktails and all the spirits and you know, beer and wine and everything. And so here I am in this like you know, just this den of, <laughs> of horrible food and temptation. And I knew I was going to go into it. So I, you know, I've known this person for over 20 years. So I felt perfect. And then we were at her home. So I decided I was just going to bring a ribeye with me. And if I felt tempted or if I felt hungry, I was just going to heat it up in her microwave or her oven. I, I was like, you know, they all looked at me a little weird, but I didn't care because, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, this is my body, my health. And why should you care what's on my plate? I don't care what's on your plate. You're sitting there, you know, you got your hands in the M&Ms and you're just <laughs> shoving them in your mouth and nobody's saying anything to you. So why is it weird that I just have a big steak on my plate? In fact, a few people were jealous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, oh, well, you know, I just don't want to eat the breaded chicken that's being served. And I, I, you know, I felt, like I said, because of my relationship with that person, I felt perfectly comfortable doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, the benefits I've gotten from this way of eating has really given me confidence in situations like that, because I know, I know it's crazy. It's still crazy to me sometimes, you know, and I think about how I used to think about health and what's healthy to eat. So I know it's crazy that I'm on this all meat diet to people, but it's like, I don't care how crazy it is. Cause I feel so amazing doing mm-hmm. this, you know, uh, versus how I felt before. And I was so much, closer to a heart attack as a vegan than I am now, you know? Um, wow. Okay. Well, you mentioned making crab legs for you and your daughter. Mm -hmm. Uh, are your kids carnivore also? No. Okay. (laughs) I really wish they were, but my kids, you know, we started, um, when they were, they were both teenagers already. Okay. Um, or at least one was a preteen, I think at the time. Yeah. And so they've already been exposed to public school food and the vending machines Mm -hmm. at public school and their friends and their birthday parties and stuff like that. So, you know, just trying to lead by example, um, trying not to lecture too much. It's very hard with my personality, um, 
you know, when they come to me and they don't feel well, to not mm-hmm. mention the fact that it's probably a lot to do with what they're eating. Um, so I try to yeah. tone it down as much as possible. And when they want something to eat, the very first thing I offer them is either meat, eggs, or whatever, you know. And because they are of a certain age, you know, they can go out and pick up stuff now themselves. So at this point, I can just prioritize meat and animal fat and just hope that uh, when they do have an ailment and if they come to me and, you know, we talk about it and hopefully that they'll just pick up on what I've learned and perhaps maybe Mm -hmm. one day they'll get on the train with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even them being big kids, teenagers, they're still watching and observing and And like you said, if they ever have an ailment, that's probably going to be the first thing that pops into their mind. Like mom was on this all meat diet for all this time. And she's always trying to tell us how healthy it was. Maybe that's what I need to do. Right. Exactly. (laughs) More is caught than taught. Right. Yeah. That's how, that's how it is when you're a parent. So if you just lead by example, be a good person, you know, do try to do the right thing thing, uh, you know, your kids will follow in suit. Mm-hmm. Um, how about, okay. So you mentioned that you were able to achieve better sleep. You gave up the nut butters, all the artificial sweeteners, and those were goals coming to carnivore. Have there been any unexpected benefits, any very delightful side effects of this way of eating? Oh, yeah. So libido is a huge, delightful side effect of this way of eating. Um, You know, uh, again, because of my past and some things that I had to have done as a woman, uh, that, you know, um, things were very irritable in Mm -hmm. the female area, you know, Um, and it, it made intimacy painful. And a lot of women, I'm mm. pretty brave about this. I, I never was before, but I feel like there are a lot of women out there suffering in silence. So, you know, if if my story can help just one person, and I know that it has, has helped some folks that I've coached, um, you know, I'm going to keep telling it that this way of eating um, helps heal, you know, the dryness that you might experience mm-hmm. at a certain point in your life. Um, it definitely heals, you know, cause it's anti-inflammatory, there's no sugar. So it definitely takes care of the candida. If you have a yeast infection problems, it's definitely going to help with that because you're not feeding it. You're not feeding that yeast any sugar, you know? So it definitely is great for female health. It's great for prostate health too. You know, male clients, you know, are experiencing, you know, better libido as well, because, you know, you're taking out all this junk that is not good for your body systems and not natural. Right. So the next Mm -hmm. thing you know, your plumbing's working better, you know, and speaking of plumbing, um, you know, at a certain age, again, as a mom, you know, after you've had babies, I know your mom, right? Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. So according to, you know, society, we're supposed to sneeze and pee all at the same time because we've, we've had kids or if you laugh too hard, you might piddle yourself. Right. 
<laughs> you know, there's a whole right. aisle of stuff in a grocery store just dedicated to adult diapers, right? So, mm-hmm. Wait, wait a minute. Like, is that really supposed to be that way? Um, and so, you know, again, I'm just moving along in my journey, not thinking about it. And the next thing I know, uh, this, the sudden urge to go to the bathroom, it's all gone. It's like it disappeared. And it's like, oh, wow, this is incredible. Like, I don't have to run to the bathroom anymore. That's, that's amazing, you know? So, um, and I, I definitely attribute it to um, this way of eating and a little fasting kind of helps tighten everything mm-hmm. up. So, yeah, so those were two very unexpected surprising non-scale victories like we like to call them that yes. uh, I was very happy to get and there are other ones too I feel like my eyesight's better I used to have these um floaters that I noticed are gone mm-hmm. you know um hair skin nails all much better uh because of carnivore brain fog lifted you know again used to think because I'm you know 50 plus right yeah <laughs> 50 plus now that, uh, you know, in my forties, I walk into a room. If I can't remember why that's just normal, right? Turns mm-hmm. out that's not normal. Um, and that once you get rid of all the processed junk that your brain clears and that you are yeah. able to recall things better. Yes. Yeah. And it is so heartbreaking for me to, you know, see, my relatives who are older and they are so quick to anything that happens to them. I'm like, Oh, it's age. I'm old. And I'm like, you're not old. You're 50. That's not old, (laughs) you know? And, and you know, that they'll, they'll just write it off as that. And I think what you're doing is so important to like help spread the word that, yeah, these things are common, but it's not normal. It's not something you just need to put up with because you had another birthday, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like how you put that. It's common, but not normal. I love yeah. that. I'm going to use, <laughs> <I'm gonna> use it. <laughs> yes. Use away, please. <laughs> um, well, Cherish, I have one last question to ask you. Okay. Um, you've given a lot of great advice uh, during this interview, but um, what advice would you give to someone just starting out on this way of eating? Uh, Don't overthink it. Keep it simple. When I, you know, first came into uh, the group, uh, my community, I wanted to do all the things at once, do everything Mm -hmm. at once, like jump in a whole hog and just do everything at once. And one of the very first things that it was like, okay, just pick one goal, start there start simple, you know, worry about fancy later. You can expect, you got a lifetime, especially when you're carnivore, your life is probably going to be longer than you would have been on a sad diet. So you're going to have time to play around with, you know, experimenting and doing some of the fancier, you know, things that you hear about. Um, Just eat meat drink water, have some eggs, maybe have a dairy occasionally and, you know, enjoy life. Cause at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about joy and just getting the freedom to enjoy life and not have to worry about food and how much, you know, 
how much you're going to eat or when you're going to eat or what you're going to eat. You know, it's a food freedom. So yeah, I would say, keep it simple. Worry about fancy later. Don't overthink it. Yes. Yes. That is great advice. Um, well, before we go, can you let everyone know where they can find you if they wanted to work with you, if they want to be coached by Terish? Sure. Um, if you are interested in uh, coaching one-on-one -on -one with me, you can find me on Instagram at Cherishing Your Health, all spelled out. I also have a website, Cherishing Your Health, where you can email me there. And of course, you can find me in the Steak and Butter Gang as well. Right. Okay. So I'll be sure to link your website in the show notes. Let's see. Oh, I almost forgot. I also have a YouTube channel. <laughs> Do have a YouTube channel, same name, Cherishing Your Health. So you can find me there as well. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty, stay strong, and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you. And the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.